May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. So it may not have been a wise thing to let me preach today. Um, I've been pretty angry about much of the news lately. And it feels like, at least for me, that women's rights and the rights of those who don't quite fit into society's assigned places are sliding backwards. And today, we hear this gospel lesson that has been used for a very long time to divide women against women and to keep women in their place. Ever since the evangelist put pen to paper, people have read and they've interpreted and they've preached on this short gospel lesson. And in general, fairly poorly in my opinion. It's been used as an object lesson for women. Be more like Mary, quiet, meek, mild, sit quietly, just listen. You don't have a say in this discussion. Shush up. Or be more like Martha, do all the work, and then get chastised for not sitting quietly and behaving for not doing enough. Martha, the busy one, a bit difficult, a bit of a nag. And sermons and commentaries have reflected this dualism. One sermon I listened to said that Jesus was gentle with Martha, but firm. Oh, good. That made me feel so much better. And then the preacher went on to say, the good news was that Martha was able to learn from Mary's example. Oh, now I feel ever so much better. Martha, Martha, Martha. Oh, you got the, re- some of you got that reference, didn't you? Mary has chosen the better part. And that feels just a bit patronizing, doesn't it? So the thing is with this gospel lesson is that it's so weighed down with all of society's views and expectations of women and how women should be or shouldn't be. And it's been used and it's still being used to keep women in their assigned places, in the kitchen doing the dishes or sitting quietly. If you do an online search about Martha and Mary, and you you will find such gems right now as what women can learn from Martha. So as women, we are either categorized as a Mary or as a Martha, or as one writer put it, team Mary, team Martha. So choose your sides, folks. So... Needless to say, in case you haven't figured it out, I, I have a hard time with this gospel. And I, I think part of it is because of what's happening in the world around me right now that's making it even more difficult than it normally would be. The Supreme Court and our states are deciding what my granddaughter's worth and value is in our society. 
There are children being murdered in their schools. The one place, the one place that our children should always be safe and protected, and we can't even manage that. We are living in a country that doesn't seem to value all of its citizens equally. Children, women, people of color, LGBTQ. So I have really been struggling to find the good news in this story. And I don't think that it's that Martha learned from Mary's example on how to behave, because I mean, really. Where would this world be if women started behaving? I mean, what's the saying? Well-behaved women rarely make history. But we hear this gospel story as an either-or story, don't we? Team Martha, Team Mary. We're being asked to choose. And that's the danger, isn't it? To favor Mary is to favor silencing women. To favor, favor Martha means that Martha just needs to get herself back into the kitchen where she belongs. So I'll admit, I may not completely understand this gospel lesson, and everybody has interpreted it way different over the years. But when we read the entire Gospel of Luke, none of this makes sense. My favorite theologian, Rebecca McLean, told me a long time ago to not get hung up on all the ways that this story has been misunderstood and misinterpreted, but to see how this story is about transformation. And so I wonder. Today's gospel tells us that Mary sat at the feet of, of Jesus. That is the posture of a disciple. And in some interpretation, the text actually reads, Mary also sat at the feet of Jesus, telling us that Martha too was a disciple. And neither of these women were behaving in culturally appropriate, behaving culturally appropriately in their time. So maybe, just maybe, this gospel lesson is more, way more than a simple domestic discussion that it's been reduced to in countless sermons and commentaries over the years. Perhaps the story is more about inclusion and finding a place of welcome at God's table, not just for women, but for those who find themselves excluded or marginalized. Perhaps the story is about all of those who have been silenced or sidelined by those systems and power structures that have bound women and all of those who don't or won't stay in their assigned places in society. Perhaps this story is not about who is better or who is right, Team Martha or Team Mary. It's about making choices of how we follow Jesus or choosing sides. And so I have to wonder if the story is not about possibilities, what God wants for each one of us, you and I, us and them. 
It's a story that reminds us that we don't get to choose who follows Jesus, that we don't get to decide who is worthy or unworthy. In other words, as one writer puts it, what if the story has nothing to do with who is better or who is right, and everything, everything to do with who matters? What if the story is not preoccupied with proper acceptance and has everything to do with who we accept? This gospel lesson follows the parable of the Good Samaritan from last week, and it's the finishing touch, if you will, or the postscript to the story, to that story of the Good Samaritan, of who is it that we think is worthy of our regard and our acceptance. Who is it that we say is right or is wrong, good or bad, in or out? Who is it that we leave by the side of the road because of racism, sexism, xenophobia, homophobia, and whatever else and whoever else we have deemed as not worthy of our regard? Our lack of regard for one another and for each other is manifested in the sin of violence and pain that we are seeing in our society today. And it's revealed in our politicians' cynical disregard for our lives and our well-being. But here's the thing. In the kingdom of God, we don't get to choose a Team Mary or a Team Martha. It's not either or who is in, who is out, worthy or unworthy, because we're all, all of us, are being called to be disciples, to be followers of Jesus, Martha and Mary, you and I. And that requires, no, it demands, it demands of us to have the grace to live into that relationship. Following Jesus requires us to transform our relationships with those around us through care of each other and the other, for those who have been marginalized, for those who have been excluded or silenced, for those who have been left on the side of the road. It requires that we speak up and speak out and speak truth to power. It requires us to work to dismantle those systems and structures that seek to dehumanize or try to diminish any of God's children. So sometimes the sadness of the world requires all of our courage just to get up in the morning and keep going. I'm sad and I am angry. But then, I look at all of these backpacks, all filled, filled with school supplies, and filled with love. And all of the food that you all donate every single week and we take over for the folks in the Garfield community. And this week in the news, there was a young man when driving by a burning home, jumped out of his car, ran into the building, and led five children to safety, ran back in, ran back into that inferno to rescue the sixth. 
And I remember that there is still so much good in this world and still so much love. And that, that gives me hope. One writer tells us this story is not about comparison or competition, but it's about completion. Not about who is better or who is right, but that we're all worthy of God's love. And maybe that's why Rebecca reminded me that this is a story of transformation for you and for me, for us and them, for everyone everywhere. And that, my friends, is the good news for us today.